Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I think I'm scaring some of y'all putting a whole chapter on the board up here. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Because um, I want to talk to you about church a little bit this morning. I know when I was growing up, I heard church, certain words popped in my mind. Hypocrisy. Self-righteousness. Pride, maybe. You know, to the outside world, a lot of people see that. They they see, oh, this person's going to preach at me, but he's no better than I am, so he's just a hypocrite. Well, I'm going to tell you first offhand, I'm no better than any of you. And it's because of that, and I, because of the struggles and the hardships and the ache that sin's caused me is why I preach. Because God has called me to try and keep you from that. It isn't because I think any higher of myself. But those type of words popped up in my mind before I become a believer, before I become part of the church. And they pop up in the minds of people around us. And we can see that. I've, I've heard people who call themselves believers say they just don't want to go to the church because they think it's just full of hypocrites or, oh, it's just deceitful. It's, it's one way, but you know, they, they're trying to make you think it's another way. You know, we don't need gimmicks. We don't, we don't need to put on a show for the world. And this chapter here in Romans, it tells us what the church ought to be. It tells us where we should be and how we can really reach the world. And part of it is being genuine. We don't have to be original if we're genuine. You see, a lot of churches today are trying to come up with a new theme or come up with the next big thing to attract the crowd in. But y'all, what I've seen reaches hearts and souls more than anything is the small country churches. Sure, the big churches can bring in the crowds, but are they really saving souls? We don't know. But small country churches feel like home because they're genuine. They're not worried about being the next big thing or being the next big show in town. They're worried about reaching the hearts and souls of the people around them and caring for the community that they sit in. That's one of the things I love about this church is we care for the community that we're in. We care for the people around us. I think Paul was writing to the people in Rome in Rome. And he said in the first two verses here in chapter 12, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. See, so he's telling the people... Everything you do, everything you say, every job you perform, every thought in your mind should be on Christ. It should be a reflection of what you believe. It should be a representation of who you are in the body of Christ. So it's present your body as a living sacrifice means you're not worried with what the world thinks. You're not worried with the 
criticism you might receive from your neighbors. You're not worried with any of that because you're focused on Christ. You're not focused on the world. And when you're focused on Christ, you can live for Christ. No matter what comes before you. And so that's the first thing he's telling the church is you've got to be a living sacrifice. That we are to present ourselves to God. Everything we are, everything we do, everything we say should be for God's glory. And then he says, don't get comfortable and caught up in the ways of the world. Don't conform to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your life. Instead, he's saying, instead of being an immature non-believer, mature your mind in Christ. Allow Christ to come into you and transform you into something totally different than what the world is. Allow Christ to build up your mind and your heart so that you think different and you act different. Not because you're better, but because you're set apart. You're not like them anymore. And the world may look at you and say, Oh, well, he thinks he's better than me, or she thinks she's better than me. But that's not the truth. Because when you humble yourself and you serve those very people who are criticizing you, instead of criticizing them back the same way they are you, and you serve them, they get confused. And they want to know what made that difference. Why is this person who I thought thought they were better than me humbling themselves to serve me? To offer me love and compassion. To help me when I'm down even though I don't go to that church. Because the genuineness of God resides in you. It's nothing that you can do. It's nothing about who you are. It's who God is in you. And when the Spirit is moving through you, you can move mountains and break down barriers for people to come and see what's going on in that church. And I've seen that happen more and more in a small country church than I do in the big church. The big churches are looking for gimmicks and shows and everything else and programs. And sure, people bring their kids for a little bit. So that they can benefit from those programs. Shall we raise our kids here? When we truly want our kids in the Spirit, this is where we take them because we want them to be raised in the Spirit. I look out and I see several different generations. A lot of people say, no, country churches are getting old and dying out. And that, that's not what I see. I see growth. We may be small in number compared to some of those churches, but we are big in heart. I'm not saying that to boast in anything this church has done. I'm saying that because the presence of God is here. The Spirit of God moves in these walls among us. And He goes out into the world with us and guides us to help those around us. Y'all, we've got to stay on track with that. And one of the ways we do that is we don't criticize each other for what we do or don't do. Because starting in verse 3, Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you 
not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the pro proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, use in teaching. If exhorting, in, exor in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. God is saying he's given each of us our own gifts. That while we work together as the body of Christ, we are also individuals in this body. A hand does the work of a hand, and a foot the work of a foot, and an eye the work of an eye. So if you've got teaching skills, use those skills to teach. If you're called to preach, preach. If you're called to sing, sing. If you're called to comfort one another, then comfort one another whether it's cooking or being with somebody or just sitting and listening. God has given you gifts. And even the smallest gift can have the biggest impact. I've seen it right here in this church. Something as simple as bringing a meal to somebody can make all the difference in the world. A simple handwritten card received in the mail can let you know that you're loved and you're thought about. God has given us those gifts. And not near one of them is more precious than the other. They are all from God. And they are all just as equal. And when we recognize that and support each other in our gifts, church will grow by leaps and bounds. Just a couple of years ago there weren't but about 10 or 12 of us. Here we said well over 20. And we don't know what we're going to get each Sunday. Sometimes it could hit 40 pretty easy in this building. It's because of the love and generosity we've shown to our friends and family and our neighbors. Then Paul tells us how we should treat each other ethically. In verse 9 he says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. And outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, 
give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. What Paul's telling the people in Rome, he's telling us today. Live a good, peaceful life with everyone you can around you. Show God's mercy and God's love to those around you, even if they're criticizing you, even if they're doing wrong by you. Offer them a hand up. Now, I've been told a long time ago when you point your finger, you get three pointed back at you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But when you reach out your hand, the same three are reaching out with you. That's a far better feeling to know that you've served somebody honorably. Doesn't matter what they do to you. Remember that you don't serve them. You don't serve this world. You serve God. You need to honor God. And when someone's down, someone's hurting, reach out your hand. You build up the family of God. You build up the family of this church. Because when you come in here and you become a part of this church, you are brothers and sisters in Christ. We love each other. We care for each other. We build up each other. From beginning to end. And when we go out to the world, we continue to serve God in that same respect. That even if this person hasn't accepted Christ, he's still my brother or my sister in humanity. And what love of God would I be showing if I was to put them down? If I didn't do the very best at my job, what honor am I showing God? If I didn't represent Christ in every action I did, what good am I as an ambassador of His kingdom? Christ has called us to work for Him, to show glory for Him. His church isn't just this one building, it's throughout this world. We have brothers and sisters in various different churches and various different denominations build them up help them out but every mission starts right here it starts up here at the pulpit and it goes out if you don't build up your preacher and you don't build up the congregation what good are you going to do out there we are a great people because God is great not because of us. Without Him, we are nothing. 
let's live good, honorable lives according to Christ, not according to the world. Let's conquer the evil of this world with His goodness. Let's do that together, hand in hand. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the message you've given us. Thank you for the words of encouragement that you've given me so that I can go out and do my best to serve you, Lord. And even if I fail, Lord, I know that I have you to fall back on. That I can come to you. I can honor you, Lord. And that even if this world puts us down and tries to hold us down, Lord, we will overcome because of your grace and your mercy and your strength. And I ask that you give the guiding spirit strength around us, Lord, so that we can go out and serve you no matter what trials or tribulations we might face, no matter what criticism we might receive from those around us. Allow us to serve you honorably, Lord, so that we can lift them up teach them what it means to be loved by Christ. I ask that you give us the strength and courage and love and mercy that only comes through your spirit. That we recognize that it's nothing that we do, Lord, but what you do through us that makes the difference in this world. I ask that you guide our hearts and our minds to be mindful and conscious of our actions so that we can live honorably in your life. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.